Price was in the front spot that time. Ball hits the deck, handball over the top. Martin, he couldn't quite trap it, but had the skill to go after it again. Make that three. Make that three, you little beauty. He's a superstar, Cole Martin. And he slams through his first on the bending over his grass. Who's going to claim the ball that's just falling out of hand? Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Spife. It's Spife. He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left. And the big boy kicks. Can the... The Bulls improve on their 2021 campaign. Will Berwick and Doncaster stay in touch with the top six? Where will Donny East fit into it all? And are Bourne ready to return to the top? I'm Matthew Fodia. Joining me for part one of our Premier Division season preview podcast on EFNL Podcast Presents is Josh Ward, Ryan Long and the great man Ben Warren-Smith. And we'll go we'll go right to the, the great man Ben Warren-Smith. We've heard from Josh and Ryan already um, on these little season preview podcasts, mate. How have you been? How have you been with this football drought, local football drought? Drought. How oh, have you been coping? It's, uh, well, I haven't coped at all. Well, let's face it. Have a look at me. I'm sweating bullets. So I'm overweight, but uh, the footy's back, and, I, and I'm looking looking forward to it. It's uh, it's been great listening to uh, uh, that you guys have been doing all these little podcasts leading into the season as well. It gives a good snapshot of, of what we're we're all excited about, and it's been. Way too long between seasons really just being the norm, isn't it? It's, it's just years and years now. It's like last week, last year you just basically ride off more or less. And then before that, well, we all know what happened. The excitement's building around the eastern suburbs, there's no doubt about that. And I'm pumped for it. And uh, great to be in here with you guys to chat Premier Division football. Oh, and we're looking forward to it, of course. We're going to have to split because it's a 12-team competition this year, Ryan, which is going to throw up a few more curveballs for everyone with it. No buys anymore, which is a good thing, but there's going to be a slightly uneven fixture, people could say. Yeah, there is, and I thought last year, even just with the 11 teams, there is a lot to cover, especially in a, a division like this where everyone everyone's a threat almost, and I think from just from the looks at it, I, I can see about four or five sides that are, are really in good shape for a premiership, and as you know, last year there's probably a couple of sides with, uh, I don't think anyone thought Noble Park would be as high as did as well as they did, um, did in the end, and Blackburn maybe disappointed a little bit so you never know what's going to happen probably uh, our predictions here could could change a lot over the course of the year but looking forward to it and Josh at time of recording your your predictions have already been posted all over social yeah. media I think Ryan's are coming uh, this week and mine shortly after you but you already reckon you're going to change a couple of yours. We'll get into it later. But yeah. how have you gone with your predictions? Yeah. Are you comfortable with them? I am slightly comfortable with most of them. Um, there, are, there is some, there is some sites I'm confident that can do well, particularly sites like Noble Park and 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 Baldwin and maybe even maybe even um, Donny East. But yeah, I, I'm a bit uncomfortable with some now, given I've just seen uh, I've recently seen the players that they've lost. But yeah, it's um yeah. I am comfortable with most of them, but yeah, I can't wait to dive a bit deeper you, into it. You got to back them in, mate. You got to back them in. They're out there now. <laughs> the last time there was a, uh, a a full season, I remember. Yes, I yes, 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 yes. You tipped the yes, card. Yes, yeah? yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Halfway through, though, <laughs> didn't go right at the start like Joshy has. We'll jump into ball and then. Um, so last year, the Tigers finished third, six and three record. Percentage of one twenty five. Kicked seven hundred and fifty odd points. Conceded six hundred. Charlie Haley was the leading goal kicker. Um, I'm pretty sure in the in the division, he might have just missed out on the division, but it was definitely their leading goal kicker. Pop up with 10 as well against Roville um, one fateful afternoon. We had a game. Uh, he was one of their key players along with Paul Patterson, uh, Jeff Goebbels, of course, Jordan Lyle making up that holy trinity up forward and Chris Pendlebury, the old warrior down back. Their ins are pretty interesting. Cameron Manuel is uh, back from Moe in Gippsland. I think there's a bit of controversy about his uh, inclusion, how many games he'll play and so on. Matthew, what does that mean? Um, I, I, there's been a few attempted transfers away. Okay. That's all I'm saying. On, if, if people were to look on um, on Sports TG and Game Day and whatever, you'll see his name continually popping up, but he's not going anywhere. They, chasing the coin, so to speak. I wouldn't think he's chasing the coin. It seems to be that a work situation. I'm not entirely okay. sure about the ins and outs, but it, he, there are continual attempts to, to transfer away, and they're not going anywhere. So hopefully for Baldwin's sake, he'll play some good footy for them. Matthew Casey, Zach Webster, Ned Mullins, Jaden Williams, Will Little, Nathan Oakes, Joshua or Josiah, sorry, Hill... And Jesse Kuchinotha, I'm going to apologise for incorrect pronunciations, as we do on this podcast, Josh. Uh, they're out. <laughs> Jack Kimber, James May and Harrison Vetch have all gone to Mitcham. Daniel Scalia has gone to Doncaster East. Corey Wagner has gone to Whittlesea. Connor O'Brien's gone to Old Xavier. Uh, Alex Young has gone to Bayswater. Parker Fox to Surrey Park. James O'Connor to Vermont. And Alexander Young to Bayswater. So lots of outs for the Tigers, um, but none that really jump out. You know, uh, Kimber and so on played a few games in the ones, but they're mainly 
depth players for Baldwin and, and even at that end they're at the bottom end of the depth um, Rodney's really big on Matthew Casey going down there and, and helping out Chris Pendlebury and they've already got the best forward line in the comp Josh so I'm pretty bullish on uh, how Baldwin will go this year we'll get to our individual club predictions at the end of each club but what's your read on the Tigers? I think it's an interesting read because it looks like they're again going pretty young. The experience of Cameron Man- Manuel back is pretty handy, and Matthew Casey, I, I, he, he comes across, I think, with a bit of experience as well from the Ovens and Murray League, which is a very competitive league out there. So, is a, is a hand? Those are two handy ins. But yeah, I think I think I put them in my f- predictions in fourth because yeah, they've got they've got some t- they've got plenty of talent. They've got an almighty forward line. One of well, one of the best forward lines or the best forward line in, in the Eastern Footy League. And, yeah, I think um, it's going to be interesting to see how they go. If that forward line can consistently put together some strong performances uh, um, like they did towards the end of the season and if they can shore up that defence, I think, yeah, they're definitely a chance to um, to, fin- to to finish in either top two and be, and be a premiership contender. And they're an absolute nightmare to defend against. And you looked at Noble Park, the game against them last year after the bye. Noble Park, obviously, very strong defensively. They've kept them to... Uh, kept. I think they've kept other sides to under under 11 goals or yeah, something like that. Be- best defence or close to it. Noble yeah, Park. and they... I, I th- uh, from here, just on, uh, 117 against Noble Park. So that's a that's a, a sign of what their forward line can do. And clearly, I, I, I think personally, they were the uh, flag favourites going into... Uh, the the last lockdown that um, cancelled the season after the buy they were four and zero they were averaging one hundred and four points a game fifty eight points against so the form that they were in if that's the sort of thing that we're going to expect from this year they they have to be right up there and they do have a bit of a tough a tough draw um, but I, I don't think that's going to bother them even in the slightest, uh, the slightest. Their, their best is clearly good enough um, and if they can just start strongly. Um, and not not have a couple of losses early. I think they're going to be right up there. Let's uh, let's talk about this forward line. So you've got the household names in Charlie Haley and uh, Jeffrey Goebbels. Uh, who, who else? Jordan Miles. So Jordan Miles is the big rig that they signed. I, th- I don't know if they signed him before 2020, but they definitely signed him before 2021. We didn't get a chance to see him last year, but I think six mm. foot four, hundred kegs. Um, I don't know how he goes leaping. But he doesn't have to leap um, from the footage we've seen, the highlights. He's, and he's sort of a bit of a target man, as if it was soccer. Just sort of plonk him there and work off him, even if he doesn't catch it. I think they'll be spewing that the season ended as it did last year, mm. Baldwin, because they were red hot, weren't they? They were, they, they were absolutely flying, and, and it was good to see as well. And you just hope that they haven't lost that momentum going into another preseason, given a chance to all the other clubs to catch up and take stock. And it, was that an opportunity missed? I think they're a professional outfit where they've topped themselves up quite nicely. It would seem on paper, um, extremely well coached, obviously with the with the uh, history that Rodney Eid has and what what he's brought down to the football club. I think they're going to be right in the mix uh, throughout the year and I think they'll play in some, some really big games, no doubt some radio games as well yeah, we'll be getting to see. They're early on. I think they got the Good Friday game against Blackburn, which is back. Um, it'll be interesting to see because we haven't seen them since, what, 2019? I yeah. don't know. I wasn't around that. I don't know when the last time you would have seen but A while. Probably, probably early on in that final series or... I'm not oh, even no, sure they, if we they saw, didn't make the they finals, didn't. Did I, I, I would say it was uh, birthday, the Queen's probably. birthday weekend. So it's, yeah. it's coming up on two and a half years since we've seen Baldwin in action. But yeah, you, Ryan and BWS touched on it, Josh. They were incredible in that second after the second lockdown. I can't remember which one we're talking about, but there was that little <laughs> period where they they couldn't stop scoring over a hundred. Obviously, Haley had those days out, but from all reports, they scored from back half, and I think they belted South Croydon in one game, Josh. Which at the start yeah. of the year we thought South Croydon were the team to beat. Yeah, but. You never know. You, you can't you can't base twenty twenty as well on on last year as well because we only got to see a, a bit of a, like a bit of a taste of of form this year. Yeah, they finished off strongly, and I think they they will continue to finish. They will look to continue on strongly. But yeah, I think twenty you can't base you can't assume that they'll continue that form at the start of twenty twenty two. It is yeah a reasonably tough first couple of fi- first fixture against Blackburn out Mourne Park and then. You got reasonably you got winnable fixtures against Park Orchards at home, Berwick at home, Roval out at Seabeck, and and you got Nord at home, which is their which will probably be their first real test because I rate Nord very highly this year. But um, yeah, I think I think yeah, if they can get those early wins, I think 
they can definitely they're definitely going to be up there in my pre- premiership favoritism. Well, well, let's get into that. Let's where have you got Baldwin finishing this year, mate? Don't have to give us the full rundown. Just where have you got him finishing? I got him finishing fourth. Fourth. And do you think they can make a charge from there? I think they can, but but, but you don't. Yeah, got him in fourth. Yeah, I got him in fourth. Ryan, uh, I put him first on the ladder because they're my my pick for the premiers. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish that third, fourth, and win it from there. I just think they're attacking attacking the. That structure is just just too strong. Is, where have you got? So play? is this where we're just saying just at the well, uh, at well, the end of the season? Well, or? it's a, you can read it two ways. You can read it that way, or and I've gone the way with Ryan. Whoever I've put on top of the ladder, I'm assuming he's going to win the premiership. But you can you can go another way. Um, I'll call it early that Baldwin will play in the grand final. Okay, how about that? Um, make no make, make no mistake, Cam Manuel will be the biggest pickup of the year if he can get on the park well, and play a number of games for Baldwin, and I he could be the difference in them t- uh, holding up a cup or not. Yeah, well, he um, from all reports, yeah, the availability might I think with his work, but yeah, he'll be one of those ones that I'm sure come finals time they'll be twisting his arm. Correct. <laughs> so I, I I agree with Ryan. I've got them as premiers, Baldwin, just off the back of that um, back end of the year last year um, and their inclusions, you know, all, all of them, bar a couple, come with fairly good pedigree and I think the way they play their footy too, the fact that they sort of score from back half, it's not, everyone sort of plays that Richmond style. Pendlebury's such a huge... Yeah, exactly, down back. I think everyone else sort of plays that Richmond style to an extent, sort of just get it in there and, and lock it in, whereas Baldwin are a bit more exciting to watch. How old is Pendles? 30, mid-30s. Yeah, he's got mid-30s. a bit, yeah. I think Jamie Godleitson said 38 on, my, on a bit of content we did and, and Chris arced up, so I'm going to give him 35, <laughs> I reckon. He doesn't look a day over 23, though, does he? Fit as a fiddle. Oh, gorgeous, man. Uh, we'll move on to Berwick, the newcomers. So, Well, not newcomers anymore, of course. We've covered all those new teams, Josh yeah. and Ryan. Um, but seventh last year, three and six, so a fairly good hit out after I'm sure they would have been worried that it could have gone a lot worse uh, before that. Uh, four five eighty one against six seventy six percentage of eighty five uh, or eighty six we round up so n- not too bad. Harrison Money, the little live wire, kicked twenty four goals. He was their leading goal kicker and was one of their key players along with Travis Tuck, Tom Brennan, Anthony Vella, Anthony Burr, and Tim Gunn. Their ins they've kept it pretty young. So Ashton Williamson from Narry Warren in the Outer East, Jai Neal from Noble Park, Ryan Bromley from Nanagoon in the West Gippsland Football Netball League, and and he's played interleague at both South East and the Outer East previously when he was at Beaconsfield. And Jack Beer is a youngster. From from Roville. They're out. Riley Lucas has gone to Narry South in the Southern. Jordan Andrews has gone to Dramana in the Mornington League. Jordan McGay has gone to Officer in the Outer East. Trent Thomas is a big one. He's gone to Hampton Park in the Southern. And I'm pretty sure Madison Andrews has pulled up stumps as well and retired, but happy to be corrected on that one. Um, so, yeah, a couple of those outs, especially Thomas and Jordan Andrews, plus a couple of retirements, Ryan, uh, means they're probably going to look to rejuvenate. Uh, which is a bit of a dangerous sign, uh, mm. but they obviously want to keep building a base and, and be a long-term uh, Premier Division club. Um, you know, so where do you see Berwick sitting this year, and how do you think they'll approach it? Because they've sort of found there was a weird one last year, wasn't it? They beat Norwood and Baldwin, um, and there was another, and I think North Ringwood, but then they lost games, you know, to Roville and so on by a lot. So it was a hard one. I think Donny East bowled them out there as well. So they were a bit hard to read, Berwick. Yeah, as much as I like them from what we saw last year, I think they're in a bit of trouble. Um, it's just that inexperience that they've got now in the list. Those retirements, uh, as far as I know, yes, I, Andrews isn't there. Shepard, uh, Risley's also unlikely to return. Um, and then they they bring in Bromley, which is a uh, a good a good recruit to come into the back line in replace of Andrews, who, who's been really important for for their club. But um, I think just those those sort of names not being able to have them there is is going to hurt them in a in a division where a lot of clubs around them are recruiting recruiting more and more and they've got more experienced players in and I just think they're a bit young and uh, I mean that they did have injuries last year and they uh, when I was speaking to Clint uh, earlier this year uh, he talked about that Norwood game and I think they won by about twenty points in a real low scoring game and they were missing eight of their players. So I guess you 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 would look at that if you're clean. You're showing showing the side in the preseason. That's what we can do. That's what we can do without without some of the more experienced players and without injuries. Um, and you've got to just really hope that some of these younger players are going to keep stepping up and be able to find more personnel. 
One other person they have lost as well, Trent Van Hout, he was their key rebounder. I saw in an article, on a, a leader article by Dan Sensic, he could be out for the entire of 2022 with a with a long-term injury. So the the inclusion of Ryan Bromley is even bigger because he can provide that run and dash of yeah, halfback. I don't think he's quite as quick as Trent, but yeah, similar sort of role. And, and he's a left yeah. footer. Uh, he's got quite a long a long kick on him but yeah Trent definitely added that speed off halfback yeah that's it is a massive blow but yeah um yeah I, uh, Ryan Bromley Bromley as well he did he did make the the West Gippsland team of the year as well so that's a crucial in but yeah it's um it's definitely going to be a year of rejuvenation um Jai Neal as well he's um He's extended on Stingrays. I think Ashton Williamson as well might be extended on Stingrays. Uh, but Neil as well, he's on Frankston's VFL list along with Will, uh, William Arthurson as well. So they might lose a couple of those to Frankston. But um, yeah, it, it is definitely going to be a year of reju- rejuvenation. Uh, I'm excited to see how they can go because I like young teams and how much they can surprise some other teams, and yeah, I think they can cause a few upsets this year, but it's going to be interesting. I think they might have their struggles. BWS, what's your, we, again, we only saw Berwick once last year. Obviously, that was a great day out there in their debut game against Wasn't it? Park. Um, it's an exciting place, and I, if they're going young, I don't mind it, because Berwick, for years and years, and people have cried poor, the fact that Berwick have so many juniors at such a big catchment area, so they're bound to find a couple of good ones in amongst them. And they will have as well, and there's, it's hard to take a read on the side that you don't know too much about, haven't seen play too much football either, but they did well coming into the league last year, and uh, and winning, and, you know, they won three games out of, out of the nine that they played, and I think that was a pretty, pretty damn good effort, to be honest, and I think that they're on the verge of some, um, some more if the, if the season continued. They will have topped themselves up where they feel that they, they needed to. I, I think they'll be about the so-so. I think that early days, if they can get some early wins, they'll they'll put that pressure on the sides around them that they're, they're potentially a side that could be knocking on the door to play finals. It's going to be a tough road for them, but at the same time, they're... No one knows a lot about them. They could make, they could really surprise a few teams, and you don't want to head out there and uh, and and not go prepared because they're a side that can certainly put you away. And uh, I'm I'm wrapped that this team's in the in the league, um, and I look forward to seeing them again this year. Yeah, Ryan. In terms of that sort of because of the division, twelve teams. Um, there's almost going to be two to three sort of divisions within the division. Um, the Berwick's key games. I don't know if you've got their first four games in front of you there or or, or something similar. Um, BWS is right. If they can get some early wins, you never know how how it could go. But early wins should at least help them solidify their spot for 2023 where they can maybe attack it a bit differently. How does their opening month look? Uh, I haven't got the teams up on me right now, but I'm looking at sides like Roeville, uh, North Ringwood. They're the, they're the sort of teams that Berwick are just going to have to beat to stay... To stay um, are Stay we, with the mix in the middle. Are we back to normal rules next year, Matt? In uh, up oh, and down. Divisional structure. So this year is normal. Uh, one up, one down. Yep. But next year will be two down. Okay. Two down, none up. So we're we'll in an attempt to get to, to ten. To we're getting back. We ten, worked, ten. worked so hard to get to ten for so long and, and then, then we crept 12. back up now. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking it's 14 <laughs> next year. <so. laughs> no, no. I think, yeah, so it'll be... Um, yeah, they'll definitely... Um, so this year, as per normal... Mm-hmm. Um, and we spoke about the Division One. One, do, do East Spring would go now and, tr- and back themselves in, or do you, or do you hold off and, and wait till it's still turn again? But uh, mm. in terms of Berwick's first first few, so they've got South Corrine at home to start, then Noble Park on Anzac Day Eve away, then they've got Baldwin away, and then they've got mm. Doncaster at home. So they could conceivably go into that Doncaster game. And to be fair, on paper, they will go into that Doncaster game zero three, although they did almost beat Noble Park last year, and and you know and did beat Baldwin away. So. If they if they can go into that Doncaster game with already a win on the board, better yes, they'll South be over Croydon the round one at home. It is at home. I tell you what, they're good. So interesting home. game. It, it, that's what if they can win one of those first three, they go into the Doncaster game with one win already, and then can, if they can come out of round four, two and two, you'd, they'd be over the moon with that, I think. And it is still it's still pretty much a feeling out year because you didn't get to play everyone last year, Beric, because of all the interruptions. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of sides right now that. And it works both ways. A lot of sites that don't know much about Berwick either. So I think if they can just manage to, to hang in there this year and set themselves up, get a lot a lot more games into these younger players, you know, there'll be a fair few that are putting their hand up for debut. And then the following year, that's when you can start to really, I think, build on from that. 
Absolutely. And just before we get on our predictions for Berwick, uh, in terms of Baldwin's first four, so they start on Good Friday, so they have to wait basically an extra week to play. They'll play Blackburn away on Good Friday. We'll be there. Uh, they host Park Orchards in round two um, on the 23rd. They then host Berwick, uh, as we mentioned, and then they play Roville away. So as you said, Ryan, it's a, a nice little start for Baldwin. They could be easily out in front. Uh, predictions for Berwick, I'll go first. I've got to be in eighth, so comfortably mid-table, um, but I don't think they'll be around the finals mark. But, yeah, they'll They'll be a side that you, you can't take easy, Josh. I've got them around 10th. I think they'll have their struggles because they're pretty young, but they might, like I said, they'll cause the upset or two. Most young sides can do that, maybe even in those opening couple of, couple of rounds. But, yeah, I think um, I think they'll have their struggles, but I think they'll just survive. I'm going to go for ninth. I'll go yep. in the guts of that. So I think early days, I think they're going to get some early victories and uh, and announce themselves a, a little bit. But as the season tapers out, I think that um, the young side will will uh, probably just find uh, that they need a, f- a few more games a bit m- this season under their belt and then ready for a tilt next year at finals. Yeah, I've gone a, a bit lower at 11th, but... I'm I'm hoping I'm wrong because I, I do really like the way that they played and what we saw from them last year and I, I think their potential's there and I I just hope that um, they can hang around this year long enough to to get a good crack at it. Yeah, well, we've all got them staying in the division, so if they're building for the future, that's that's priority number one, you would assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next side, Blackburn, um, they're a bit of an interesting case. They're not just worried about staying in the division. You would think uh, internally there's still a desire to, to win the Premiership. Of course, they got so close in 2019. Got to win at home to win the Premiership. Exactly, and 2020 was probably their year on paper, but of course it never got off the ground. Last year they finished 6th, 4 and 5. Really disappointing. Didn't win a game at home in front of their newly furbished rooms. They've finished with a positive percentage, 107.6, 4, 706 against 656. Leading goal kick was Ryan Bathy with Jake Hammond. Um, under an injury cloud pretty much all season, um, give or take. Their key players, Matthew Day, who we saw um, play really well against Vermont, kick five um, in a game later that year. Obviously, Bathy, Mackenzie Dorian and Patrick Layla, who has been announced as captain for 2022. Their ins, Nagong Aru from Pakenham in the Outer East, Fraser Hoskins from Collegians in the Vaffa, and Reese Conker from Fremantle in the AFL. But I'm pretty sure Reese Conker is the runner for... Carlton or oh. the Bulldogs. I saw him on the TV earlier this week. I know he's on a VFL list as well. Actually. Is he? There you so go. Well, he was the runner for someone, I'm sure of it, uh, on the coverage earlier this week. So his availability will probably be um, uh, less than less than more. Uh, they're outs. This is where it's really tough. So Trent Warren's gone to McLeod in the Northern Football Nepal League. Mitchell Thorpe has gone to Stall in the Wimmera. Jackson Smiley's gone to Upper Gully. Marcus Young to East Bill. James Kentworthy to Surrey Park. Lockyer Day to Whitefriars. Josh Pollock to Surrey Park. Andrew Simpson to Old Kerry, Grammarians in the Vaffa, Austin Hodge to Barnsdale in, Gipsta, in Gippsland, Jake Gaspo has gone to North Ringwood, um, and Max Otten has gone to Templestowe, one of the uh, the many team favourites has gone over there. We spoke about him in the Division 2 podcast. Um, so, yeah, obviously the fact that, is that the Red Jackets didn't get to wave them around at home last year will be worrying, so that monkey will still be over there back, but I, I'm a bit worried about Blackburn. You look at those outs, and then also the Why fact that Why did Max they- Otten leave? I'm not sure. How, how old would Max be? He'd be maybe my age, maybe a year older. He'd be 27, 28. Do, I, do you know, Josh? I did speak with Brendan Allen, yeah. He said, I think he wanted a bit of a lesser workload than right. the Premier Division, so that's why he moved, de- moved yeah. up the road and down to Division it, So back to Blackburn, though. So didn't win at home last, last year, so that's hanging over their heads. Oh. And there was losses to North Ringwood in there that, you know, a loss to North Ringwood was something they probably wouldn't have liked to have. Um you know, all those outs, again, Not besides um, Max Otten and Mitch Thorpe, none really jump out off the page there to you, but they're still, you know, losing some players. Um, they finished sixth as well, so they haven't, you know, to, to come from sixth and improve without really gaining too much on your list. Obviously, Reese Conker's a good player, but we don't know how much he'll play. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the burners. They have, of course, had the dominant reserve side for about six years, so maybe they need to call upon some of them, Ben. Yeah, look, it's... it's it's danger. I suppose it's a danger season for them, isn't it? We're used to seeing them thereabouts and right in the thick of it towards the end of the season. But in a competition now where we, oh, I really do believe this Premier Division is going to be super close this year. It's it's made it made it a lot harder for sides like Blackburn, who have, who are those sides that are the household names playing finals, and they need to keep keep themselves playing really good football consistently, winning those games at home, but but keeping an eye out on these other sides that are coming up because without an flux of, I suppose, they've lost some players, but there's no real superstar that's coming into the side either that's going to put their hand up. I think that they'll be very wary to get off to a very good start, Blackburn, because if you put yourself behind the eight ball, it's only going to get harder for them as the season trickles on. So, 
I if we, I think they're not going to make the finals this year. I'm going yeah, to we'll, call it. We'll, we'll get to that. I think we're all in agreement there. It's yeah, you, it's a hard one with with Blackburn, isn't it? Because yeah. I love Blackburn too. Yeah, that hurts me oh, to say that. It's at, there's atmosphere down there. You know, they were that sort of. You know, that 2019 year was probably their year, wasn't it? But they just mm. unfortunately at the time Vermont was so good. Um, yeah, it's hard. again those outs. Max Warren's the big one, Josh. But which other ones sort of jump out here? And, and what else did Brennan have to say? It's none of those names really leap out. Maybe Marcus Young. He had a pretty good see, a pretty good time in the reserves. Kicked 20, go- 20 goals in, uh, I think it was seven or eight games there, including ten and one game. But yeah, Maxon is the one that leaps out the most. There's a couple of others as well. Mackenzie Dorian and Matthew Day are also on the the Bull Ants VFL list. Um, I've gotten word from someone at the Bull Ants actually that Macadorian could take the VFL by storm this year. So we might not see too much of Dorian down at um down at Morton Park this year, which is great for his career because he's a terrific player, one of the best and fairest for them last year, and provided so, he, we didn't get to see it on on um, Anzac Day, but he did provide some good run and dash off that wing. But yeah, it's um yeah. Not really. The players that have left, none of those names really stand out. It's mainly just the depth. James Kenworthy, we talked about how big his inclusion will be for Surrey Park, but yeah, he's um he's mainly been playing reserves at Blackburn since he since he went there over a decade ago. And but yeah, it's um none of those names really stand out. Jake Gasper is a pretty big out too because he kicked eight goals in four games. Although that hasn't he had a bit of time yet. on the sidelines. I think he got reported twice. One of them for metal studs. Ryan, so hopefully he remembers to, <laughs> to, wear, the, to wear the right ones. Well, of course, it cost Tim Smith a medal. Uh, Liam Kidd won it, but Tim, Tim Smith actually had more votes last year, but wore medal studs. Somewhat, you, get, you didn't hide in the toilets before the game. No, well, apparently they don't say it on the field now. They don't check <laughs> right, it before the game. Okay. They, they, they find it out on the field. But, uh, Ryan, what, Blackburn, what's going on here? If Mackenzie Dorian's going to play VFL all year, um, I think he and Matthew Day were on Richmond's list, and yeah, have moved to standalone yeah. VFL clubs, which is probably going to see them play more footy. It's just... Blackburn have had a they've got a good junior program like I said they've got dominant reserves so they're going to have players to come through but yeah they're, they're Benny Danaher is still there believe so yeah I think yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a jet uh, he and Pat Conton sort of making, t- taking lesser roles but yeah they're, like, they're going to have good players but yeah they're not going in the right direction if they're going to compete with you know the likes of Baldwin and Norwood and Vermont well yeah that, I mean from the, from what we've seen so far they're clearly back in their own current list and I don't think it's a, it's not a bad list I think we probably I don't want to underestimate them as such but last year they I think we watched them against Vermont that was within a goal the South Croydon game they weren't too far off these are, these were the sort of games that they weren't they didn't get the four points in the end, but you, a couple of those wins, suddenly they're in the five and mm-hmm. they're suddenly a talking point. Um, I think you highlighted the lost, ruck question. But they also lost to North Ringwood. They, they did. Yeah. And, well, is, how, how much of that is a how much of a distraction is that or a talking point in Black Because well, obviously for us, we know. talk we about were, that. We were taking the piss a little we bit. We pointed though. out. <laughs> but does and this we come always, up? And we always take the piss out of the red jackets, don't we, Ben? But, of course. But, yeah, how much do you think it would weigh on them that they haven't been able to win in front of the new rooms, do you think that's a genuine thing? Definitely, yeah. I think that's. Uh, I think that'll be a major. Uh, who, who are they playing in round one? They have got. Well, well we're going to be there Good Friday, and at it's Black the Stanley, at Blackburn. So there'll be a big crowd because it'll be the standalone right. game. They'll win that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to call it. They'll yeah. win that game. I think it's huge for them to get a win up on at this home ground. It'll be playing on their minds, and they'll be ready for it. A big showcase game. Um, they will have heard this podcast and we've all bagged them and said they're not going to play well, finals. Well, it'll be the old have it on the dressing room wall, except it'll just be playing on the speed. <laughs> I think they're just going to uh, stick it right up as I reckon they'll win that game, to be honest, but um, still don't think they'll play finals. Josh, the quickly. Th- the massive thing as well for them, they've got f- their four of their first five games are at home against Bowen, South Croydon, Park Orchards. That's a night game as well on Berwick. I'll, I'll tell you one thing as well. Brendan Allen was really excited about playing under lights. All the players were p- excited about playing under the lights at Morton Park, but I only yeah. need one light for the Morton Park. Yeah. Why is that? It's tiny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it, it, I think. I think if they can get, if they can, if they can get like three out of four wins or four out of four wins from those first from those home games, then yeah, they 
they could they could maybe make finals, but I think yeah, I have I have my doubts for them. How many game. night games are they going to play? I think only one at the moment scheduled, but you, the clubs obviously have the flexibility if they can get. Is a that a new, is that a thing happening this year? More night games? A lot of clubs are getting upgrades, so you've got to have a certain standard of lights. Wattage, a uh, hundred lux, I think, is the minimum. Okay. Um, so a lot of, a lot of cl- I know Ringwood for, have just put in lights that can go up to five hundred. Um, but it'd be bloody cold. I think Coldstream have the capability, but I don't think anyone wants no. to play past Coldstream <laughs> no. out past two pm. Uh, that's as late <laughs> as we'll go. If anything, let's, and we're only going out there in the summer. It's already dark then, anyway. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, it just in terms of yeah, you mentioned their first four Blackburn, so the ball went on Good Friday, uh, which BWS has got them winning. But you would say they'd go in as probably underdogs. Yeah. Um, and then they've got South Croydon at home on Anzac Day, so it was originally meant to be at Cheong Park, but their rooms won't be ready. Um, so again, another big game, but again, you would say they're underdogs at the moment. Then they've got Doncaster at Doncaster, and then Park Orchards at home. So they would have to come out of that two and two um, as a pass mark. So anyway, predictions. Ryan, we'll start with you. Where have you got Blackburn finishing? I've got them eighth, but I don't want to completely write them off. I think they're still smoky for finals, but just with looking at who they brought in, it's hard to put them any higher after last season. So I've gone with eighth this year. Josh. I got a mate. I got a mate too. Their losses, they're, they're just too. There's just too many losses, and yeah, after last season, they're inconsistent. Yeah, I think they'll have their struggles again. But yeah, I've got them in seventh. I originally had them in sixth, and then, I've got them in sixth. And then I I changed it around, and we'll talk about why I changed it around after the break because one of the sides I I just kept getting more and more excited about. So I've got them in seventh, you've got them in sixth. Got them in sixth and they'll lose a game in the last round that'll make... You reckon? Who have they got in the, the last reason. round? Here we, here we go. Scroll through. Who have we got? Last round. They have. They are playing Vermont at home. Oh, did you know that? Dooley. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> I, did. I, did. I did not. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to a break here on the uh, part one of the Premier Division season preview on EFNL Podcast Presents. On the other side of it, we'll talk about Doncaster, Doncaster East and Noble Park. to his left, goes long, inside 50, coming down just about half forward through the hands, going inside 50, they've got to try and get their hands on this Finn Brown, Finn Brown, brilliant, can he kick the goal, Finn Brown, he has! As I say, the former Temple State man gets plenty of height on the kick. I think he's off target, though. In fact, he's out of bounds. He's missed everything completely. And that's a wasted opportunity. Hard kick for a left footer on the left-hand side. They just can't get the angle of the dangle right. (laughs) (laughs) The angle of the dangle. Inventing words today, uh, Brash. Angle of the dangle right. Angle of the dangle right. Angle of the dangle, right. Angle of the dangle, right. Angle of the dangle, right. <laughs> the angle of the dangle. Inventing words today, uh, Brash. Yeah, our man Brash. He'll be, on, he'll be on the next podcast. He'll be on part two. He just wanted to do his beloved Vermont, so we couldn't let him come in and waste his time with these first six sides. They're not, not worthy of Wayne Brash. No, I'm kidding. Brash would have loved to do them all, but we'd like to have a bit of variety. Obviously, you've had enough of listening to me, but understandably. Uh, let's jump into the second half of this Premier Division preview, part one. Jump into Doncaster. They finish eight, three, and six uh, for 546 points against 795. Percentage of 68. So I take that as a bit more of an indicator. They had a hot streak um, either side of that first lockdown where they got a couple of wins at home against... Um, Doncaster East, I believe, and then at Norwood, and then also pinch one against Berwick, and outside of that, um, didn't really fire a shot. Their leading goal kicker was Todd Vanderhaar with 15 goals, and then their key players, Cole Vickers, the little left-footed half-forward flanker, Jack Mann, um, who's done some work to cut himself down as well, so looking forward to a big year from him. Vanderhaar, um, as I mentioned above, 15 goals. James Monks, who, who kicked goals and played on a wing. Uh, Jack Spencer, who dominated in the ruck, and Chris Anarkis didn't have as much of an impact as usual, but you can't talk about Doncaster without talking Never. about that man. They're in. There's a few of them. Anthony Messini comes from Camwell Junior, so I reckon he's just returning to football. Mark Jamar, yes, Mark Jamar from Oyen United in Sunraysia. He's almost 40. I think he turns 40 some point during the season, but he's going around again. James Quivillan has come from Rosewater in Adelaide, as has Anthony Giacobbe, or Giacobbe. Um Campbell Tweedy comes from Old Brighton. Isaac Barassi comes back from Devon Meadows in the morning to Peninsula. Nathan. Relation? 
Isaac Barassi, not sure. I don't think so. Nathan Rose from the Linda Fernie Creek in the Outer East. And then, obviously, Keen Ramshaw from Fitzroy in the Vaffa. They're out. Michael Fogarty and Toby Ryan are going to Templestowe. Nicholas Kent to Hertzbridge. Jack Bruni to Thomastown. Nicholas Kempe to Labrador AFC in Queensland. And Mahali Zalak has gone to Domvale in Division 3. So, Chris Anarchus um, becomes a club coach, playing coach, after Ooh. Stewie Kemperman had to step away. Um, some older stars, Fogarty and Ryan, have gone to Templestowe. Kent uh, and Kempe were key players last year as well that have moved on, and Zalak played some good footy as well. Um, Jamar coming in, I don't know how much to take out of that. As I mentioned, he's, he's 40 or turning 40. But, yeah, it's look, I'm, I'm a bit down on Doncaster. I, I, I really like Doncaster. I like Chris Anarchus. Um, I like, like I said, you know, Jack Mar and Cole Vickers really impressed me last year. Jake Spence had a great year. Van der Haar Marks, all those guys. Had a great year, but I just don't see um, where they're going to find the improvement from. Um, you know, they don't have a 19s or, you know, I think they've got a junior club in the Yarra, the Yarra Junior yeah, League. But, you know, there's no 19s. So there's clearly a bit of a gap there. Um, and, you know... I've, were they close to getting a 19s? I think they were. I think they were. But So there's six outs and five of them I would have had in their top ten players last year. So, like, that's pretty massive, mm. you know. Like, I know J-Mar will probably add a, a, maybe a marking tool. But, yeah, I'm, I personally, I, I hate to start the second part of the podcast on a solemn note, but I really don't have high hopes for, for Doncaster at the moment. Um, that doesn't mean I think they'll be horrible, but it's, it's going to be such a highly competitive Premier Division, and I just, I just don't think that they're, they're going to be anywhere near that, that top seven or eight BWS. What do we think about the playing coach? Well, scenario. So Johnson was the last one in Premier with Montrose, I would have thought. Yeah, Troy Simmons would have done it maybe as well at Montrose. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of any, any others. I don't know if at this level it's nah, something... No, not in Premier Division. It doesn't it's happen. It's tough. You've got to, you rely a lot on your, uh, your, your assistant coaches on the mm-hmm. sidelines as well. So, But look, he's a class act. And he, if anyone's going to take charge of the football club down at Doncaster, it's Chris Anarchus. And well, he may as well become president. Do the whole just, shebang. Well, just... Just finish it up. Well, rename the club. You can't take secretary though. Dogger Curtis has got that for no, life. No, exactly. <laughs> and Mick Gillen does the footy ops uh, really well. So, um, yeah, I think he'll steer clear of those two jobs. But yeah, it's a, it's a really good point because a side like that probably needs a. It's going to be hard because they need Chris Anarchus back in that midfield because of yeah. obviously if they want to win games, they mm. probably need a, a two-time Chandler, Chandler medalist. But then also, like you said, Beto, yes, it's a young a side that probably needs a bit more coaching. They it can, it can be hard on field. What they do is is they, they, they'll surprise sides when you least expect it, Doncaster. Yeah, the, I don't see them having a strong year, but I don't see them going through without victories either. So I think that what they've, they've got a, a good ability to, to stranglehold sides on their home deck, which is a small ground down JJ Tully Drive, down at Shrams Reserve, and they, and they do play that ground quite well. And I think there's some big outs there. Um, but equally, you, you know, you've got... Jamar coming into the side, and it, who, who could slot, who could snag quite quite a number as well. It's a, it's a tiny ground, uh, Shrams Reserve, and yeah, it's wide, isn't it? It's, it's not it's yeah. not that long. It's not it's, it's short. It's a very short ground, and it goes downhill as well. Um, look, it's going to be a tough year for them, I, I would suggest. But look, the, what they'll be trying to do is is keep their keep themselves up in the Premier Division and three, four victories, uh, that could just be enough. And I think that they'll certainly get... That. I'd, I'd be surprised oh, yeah, if they didn't get I don't three. Think, I don't think, Ryan, that they'll be woefully off the mark. No. Yeah, like, like, I don't mm. think there's going to be a zero winning year for, from someone. But, yeah, they're, they're going to need, I reckon, a minimum five games to stay up, and I don't see where they're getting them from. Well, their back end of the season last year was a lot better once they got uh, got a few players back. I mean, Ananarchus only played the four games in the end. So I'd, there's, there's a bit there to look at. But I think the problem I see is they're attacking. I, I think they. I don't think they hit the hundred mark at all last year. Mm. Um, I don't know about their forward line and how many options they've got up there at the moment. Um, you got Vickers, Monks, uh, Vanderhaar had fifteen last year. Um, I, I, ju- I just think they're. I, I think it was the second worst attacking side behind Roville. So I. I, I don't. I don't see him um, completely. Completely falling apart, and you're right, they will, will win a few games. I will say one thing, sorry to interrupt. Mark James, I suspect JMR will play more as a forward because yep. Spencer was mm-hmm. probably the best ruck in the comp, and they didn't have a real key forward. So JMR may be not moving that much, but he, he may just 
give them an option long because they had Monks and Vanderhaar that sort of played half wing, half marking forward. And they've got um, Chris Colombo, who's a bit of a goal yep. sneak, and then obviously Vickers. So, yeah, I think that'll be what they're trying to do. But I agree with you. Yeah, they're, they're, where they find their goals? Because I don't think they'll get blown out of the water. The way they've played no. for years, they haven't been allowed to be blown out of the water. And yeah, last year as well, they they averaged the least amount of goals per game among the among the um, among Premier Division sides. Only averaged just under nine goals per game. So it's not great, Jamie. I, I have a feeling he'll probably he might have some time in ruck. But yeah, he's he's getting he's getting along, and I think he will be that tall target. But yeah, it's, I did. Have them seventh. I didn't notice until I did have them seventh. Well, in my your prediction. your, Matt, your predictions are out there now. You got to stick by. <laughs> I know, but I didn't see their list of outs until later on. But yeah, Michael Fogarty, Toby Ryan, they're two massive losses. They've been terrific for for Doncaster for many years. Nicholas Kent as well was a consistent performer, and Kemp too, and Mahali Zalaki. Yeah, that's a bit of a blow too because yeah, most of them played pretty much all of their games. My, Michael Fogarty, I think he came in. Late to, in late, yeah. He and Anarchus were injured early. I remember that at um, Zerbys. Yeah, so they were behind us um, having a couple of frosties. A few brown paper bags going around Templestowe by the looks of things. Well, well <laughs> all above board, all above board from, from what we know. They're just jumping on the bandwagon. Cameron Cloak went down there, and they all went down. They want to meet David. Um, what, what else have you got for us on Doncaster, Ryan? What else comes across your mind when you look at their side? Because let's talk about some of the positives then. So Jake Spencer was the ruckman of the year. Zach Clark started really well, but Spencer was probably a tiny bit more um, productive year out because he pretty much played as a second on baller as well. And then you've got Kyle Vickers impressed us at Zerby's Reserve that day and he's very skillful um, and quick and got a bit more midfield time. And Jack Mann was a big bullocking bulldog um, in the middle, um, but from all reports has been hitting the gym um, religiously and has cut down a bit more. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think I think their midfield's quite good. With Obviously, Spencer in the ruck is is extremely good for anyone, any club to have. Um so they they do have a bit of talent there, and I think if they can stay injury fit, they can be a lot more competitive. And I don't think they were really ever blown. They weren't blown out of the water too much in the second half of the year, coming off the bye. I think their losses, uh, their loss. I think the only well, they, loss they, they really had was, was to ball or two because they led Doncaster. Oh, they led North Ringwood all day, and then North Ringwood kicked like nine unanswered goals and to win it after the siren or something. Like yeah, that. so I I, th- I think if you want to look on form, and it's hard to base on form when it's mm. coming into another year. They're they're doing all right, and I think I think they're I think they're in that bottom five. It's going to be very hard to him to to see him go any uh, any higher above that. But I, I think we'll know early on how they go against the sides around them. So the 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 Rovilles, the North Ringwoods, um, the Berwicks. I think that's where you start to to see if they can stay in Premier Division, and if they can, it's it's probably the next step is where where's that next talent that's going to push them to the next level coming from. Played for Donny, loved Donny. I think Donny are going down. Yeah, we'll get to the, we'll get to the predictions. You've got them 12th. I've also got them 12th. Their, their first four, uh, so they've got Norwood away, um, which you would put down as a, as a Norwood um, win in on terms of if you're a betting man. Uh, they get, they've got Doncaster East at home for the Anzac round, and that, those games when they're those rivalries have a bit of a different feel, so you might take for sure. four lines out of it, but Donny East have improved um, once again, but we will be covering that one, so it'll be an interesting game to watch. They've got Blackburn at home, um, and then they've got Berwick away, so they need to at least get one win in those opening four rounds. But yeah, personally, Ben Harris has got them 12th, I've got them 12th. Josh, you've got them 7th, you have to stand by it now. Alright, I'll stand by my Seventh, I do see them making. I do see them making the drop, but yeah, though, I I think they do have enough talent to stay up and maybe. Surprise that's a big. Me. That's I tell you what. Talking about drops, it's a big drop from seventh yeah. to out of the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a massive drop. He just really rates Mahalis Alec. Um, okay, are, are you so you? It's out there, but you're going to make it. You, I'll allow you to drop it, but you've got to plead ignorance to the Eastern Football Netball community because as uh, of uh, you know what, I'll stick with I'll stick, stick with, with seven. Back I'll, I'll stick with I'll stick with seven. They've well, got they've got talent. A couple of players as well might play VFL. You know, it, it, Liam Coughlin and Campbell Tweedy, one of their new recruits. They're both on Boxall's list. Hayden Batoli Simmons, he's been doing really well from all reports with Williamstown. Cody Stackelberg is. With Port Melbourne, they might lose those, but yeah, I think they've got talent, and I think yeah, I, I, I yeah, I'll stick with I'll stick, stick with seventh. seventh. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, seventh. if they finish seventh, the two of us are going to look silly. Where have you got them, right? <laughs> I've got them ninth, so I've got them avoiding relegation. I, th- I think from ninth to eleventh, I think that's the sort of the block that I've got them in. I think they've got enough experience um, 
over, say, a, a Berwick that's probably facing more of a, uh, a reliance on youth. So I think they'll hang around. There you go. Okay, let's jump into their neighbours, Doncaster Rees, who finally jumped into the Premier Division last year. They finished with a 2-7 and seven record and, and were 11th, the bottom side, but fortunately there was no relegation for the Lions. Um, their percentage was 88, so 20% better than their rivals, Doncaster. 4-607 against 686. Leading goal kicker was Samuel Rowe, kicked 22. I think we watched him kick eight of those. Key players, well, we could list any number of them over the past few years, but I've got Jack Whitling, uh, Rowe, uh, Appleby, both of them, um, Zach Clark and James Locke. The ins, Daniel Scalia from uh, Baldwin, Christopher DeLuca on a full time. Nope. No? Nope. That no, has no longer playing. He's, he's gone back to Port Melbourne. Oh, has he yes. gone back yeah. to Port Melbourne? Yeah. Colts? Apologies. Uh, but Josh DeLuca. Yeah, well, we know Josh DeLuca. That. He was already there. Uh, but he's, I think, is he full time now, Josh DeLuca? Full time. Yeah, full time. That's, that's basically an in. Julian uh, Caligari from Heidelberg. Connor Haswell from Newcastle City. Um, on the central coast of Australia. Brady Gray from Perth, um, and also played a bit for Fremantle, but I believe he'll still be on a VFL list. And Dylan Agnew from East Burwood um, has put in a transfer request. Their only outs are Matthew Vayano, who's going to Packenham, and Michael Walsh has gone to Ivanhoe. So another summer, another set of ex-AFL players heading down to Zerbys. Um, they were the best-placed 11-place team that they've ever seen, according to Baldwin, um, and Noble <laughs> Park were the same. Um, you know, they, they look at Doncaster East last year. They should have been relegated if we played the full year and finished bottom. But the two sides I spoke to in terms of Baldwin and Noah Park could not believe that they were that low. Obviously, Tom Gordon had a, a season-ending injury and there was a few others that came through. Um, they'll be rejuvenated to an extent with fresh faces and a fresh voice uh, with Ryan James taking over from Bucks despite Bucks' success. Um, and every opposition coach I've spoken to, and I'm sure Ryan and Josh are the same, have got Doncaster East as the danger side that might jump yeah. in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they play good footy. They were like, you look at the, some of the losses, they almost knocked off Vermont at home. They almost knocked off Blackburn at home. They could have won all their games they yeah. played last year. As, there was besides one or two. There was a couple. There was, I think there was one at South Croydon where South Croydon won handily. Um, and there was another one, off, obviously, and there was another one off the top of my head. But yeah, in terms of, I think Nord beat them by six, seven goals, but it was only in the last quarter. But yeah, if you look at the other games, Ryan, yeah, Blackburn in round one, they, it was bad kicking. Yep. For goal, um, and there was a couple other. Games. Obviously, the Doncaster game was a similar situation. Yeah, they, there was a period there where we said they should have been four and zero, but they were zero and four. Um, so, I can understand why every other senior coach is um, wary of the Lions. Well, I still can't believe that they finished with just the two wins or t- two or three wins in the end because last season they, doesn't even count. Well, we're using it as our basis. <laughs> <laughs> just the, the star power that they have, their top end talent is would match it with anyone in this division. And we, we, we watched that day against Doncaster where Sam Rowe on half a leg hmm. just put him up forward and they just On half a leg, it. not, even, uh, not half, even one leg. One he leg, was on half on, of one leg. <laughs> put on, on just the one leg and he, he just dominated. And when you have someone like that and Zach Clark in the middle, when he turns it on, he's one of the best players in the league. So, And all they've done is just add to that. So I, 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 I've got him within that that as the bogey side, not the bogey side, sorry, the uh, the dark horse to make the finals. Um, they've clearly, they've, their, their talent is there. My only question maybe is the the bottom five or six players. I mean, if you if you do start to get a few injuries at the top or or a few, if you're not performing as well, uh, and BWS, you probably know a lot, you know a lot more about this side. What's their bottom talent like that's going to, be able to get them into the finals. Depth is something that they've had major improvement on um, over the over the summer uh, down at Doncaster East. What's the most encouraging thing of all is the under-19 side is thriving down there at the Den. Huge numbers on the park, which is something they haven't seen for quite some time. A lot coming up through from Beverly Hills, which is a great story for the football club. They'll be putting pressure on um, where they've had to look to old, old stalwart to the club to pull on the boots in the reserves in years gone by, like your, uh, your mom and even your Pete Sousby's and the like and Higgins, Higgins boys, uh, they don't need to do that anymore. They've got they've got that depth and that's something they've been screaming for. So there'll be a lot of younger players putting their hand up to to, to make that se- that senior side. Um, Josh Luke is going to be fantastic. Uh, he's going to have a great season. Uh, we talked about Tommy Gordon breaking his neck last year. Done the whole preseason. He's rearing to go again. He'll be playing uh, playing up back. Had a good chat with him a few weeks ago. Brady Gray, keep an eye out uh, and watch watch how this much, How much VFL is he going to play, Brady Gray? It, it's uh, probably a bit. Yeah, uh, uh, probably a fair bit. But let's so, what's has he moved for VFL or has he moved for work or? 
Do you know? Uh, I'm not too sure exactly the reasons why he's come across, but obviously he's got the, the, there's that link with uh, with the Clark and, and, and yeah, that's it. Uh, coming coming to the football club, really excited to have Ryan James down there as well, um, bringing that. That new level of professionalism and uh, where he's gone away from the EFL or EFNL, uh, Ryan, and, and really boosted up his, his coaching stocks and, and been involved in some really good, really strong sides. And he, he comes back to the league bringing that that knowledge and, and what his game style will be. And the club's really excited about what's going to happen there. Jim's, Jimmy Appleby and Simon White will be, I will announce it here, will be dual captains. Co-captains. Co-captains, I should say. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's uh, the, the, old and the, the old and the young, I suppose. A bit of the a mixture there. The old and the new. The old and the new. Uh, you know, he's not too young, is he, Jimmy? Let's face it. Um, but that, that's exciting as well. Uh, Having been down to the club a, a couple of weeks ago, had a few, did a few interviews with a few players. Places a buzz. They're excited there, and the boys talk about uh, being, you know, that side to watch or that one that everyone's sort of looking over their shoulder. Or who's coming? I think that that they definitely fit that bill this year, Doncaster East. I'm really excited to see them as well this year as well. Yeah, it's it's so much. It's got so much talent, and as well, they've got that holy trinity from the Subiaco Waffle Premiership in 2018: Zach Clark, Chris Veal, and Josh mm-hmm. Deluca. They dominate. They dominated week in, week out in the waffle back then. But yeah, it's it's an exciting side. They definitely were the best eleventh place, bottom place side out of all out of out of all the sides in the eastern in the eastern footy league. And yeah, I think it was mainly depth that that, that was that problem, as you said. That's, and that's always been, even when they were winning premierships. Like I don't mm-hmm. think their reserves ever made finals when they won those premierships. Reserves and, have always struggled. Yeah, and even last year there was. I think we watched them early on in the year. I think. You know they were getting dropped, so that's that's a more positive sign that they might be looking towards the future rather than here and now. But it's good, yeah, it's good to see that they've added that depth and looking towards the future as well. Dylan Agnew, Agnew as well, he could potentially be a dark horse in that Doncaster East lineup. He he's played fifty, I think he's played fifty plus games for them before, kicked fifty goals for them. I think it was around. 2012 to 2016, yep. and when he played for um, he played he played more recently for East Burwood, mainly for their reserves. Kicked 85 goals in only 18 games as well, so that's just an average of just I'm, under five goals. I a played game. juniors against him, and he was the the player in the comp until we were about 14, 15. So um, he's definitely got talent. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, After what happened at 14, 15? I don't know. I stopped paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone got too big. Um, yeah, so, okay, predictions for, for Donny East. I've got them sixth, and to be honest, you know, just the way it could go, I think they'll win games at home. You know, that it'll be how they go at home against the other top five. So if they can, let's say they can beat a Norwood and a South Korean at home, that might be the swing. Um, it, it might, if they can... The difference will be if they can add, they can keep winning their games at home and get a win against those top five away. Sorry, that that might push them into finals. But I've got them sixth, which, given last year they were the bottom side, would be an incredible turnaround, Josh. Yeah, I've got them sixth too. It definitely be an incredible turnaround. I think they'll have they have that depth now, and they've got the top end talent. Definitely their first their first month as well. They've got. Vermont at ho- their two f- first two home games of Vermont at home and South Croydon at home as well, which is two massive games. Uh, if they can pick up a win, ag- yeah. if, if they can pick up a win against South Croydon as well at home or Vermont, that'd be massive. And they've also got Do- Doncaster and North Wingwood away. They're the two away games, so they're definitely winnable. But yeah, I think I think they're not as good as some of the higher up sides, but they've definitely got the talent to yeah be a dark horse in finals and finish sixth. Yeah, I've got them six as well, and I'm knocking right on the door. And I, I think they actually may play finals, um, given the chance. But I, I think looking at last year, they had a couple of those real, real close losses against Blackburn and a side like North Ringwood, who they just can't afford to do that this year. They can't afford to lo- let those ones slip and just take every chance they've gotten. Um, as Josh said, it's it's the start's important, and I think they've got some winnable games there. And if they can get off onto the right track there, every chance. Now, Ben, before you put them in finals, you've got to remember who you're going to kick out. That's so. right. Death, taxes, and Doncaster East to play finals this yeah. year. Uh, that's the three certainties um, in life. And uh, round one against Vermont be the biggest game the club's ever played. They wanted it last year. They've got it this year. Uh, they'll beat Vermont round one. I'm going to call it right here, right now. They will beat Vermont in round one, and that will set them up for what should be... An, uh, 
a roller coasterish sort of Doncastery style ride into to what I believe will be finals and a, and a first fi- a first week finals victory. Right. Well, you've got that I'm, on. You've got that on I'm, record. Well, I'm, I'm tempted to ask who's dropping out of the fight, but you're, you're on. To, you're on the next podcast. Exactly as well, right. So you can do that then. Um, that's just I'll be keeping in track on it because I don't. Sometimes you do podcasts with people when they've got four teams finishing. Fifth. I've only put two teams in tonight so far in the yeah. top five, so okay. just remember that. Well, I reckon the next one might sneak in as well. But yes, Doncaster East are definitely a team to watch. And yeah, I, there is someone in this office. Late last year, we did a couple of... Um, you had to do your wild predictions in the office. There was obviously a bit of downtime in, in the peak of summer. Um, and someone in the AFNL office had that, that Doncaster East will beat Vermont round one. And, he, and they, then had, they then had the caveat that it was if they were at full strength, but... And we that. keep mentioning finished 11th, finished 11th. 11th also was two and a half wins out of the top five last year as mm-hmm. well to be playing finals. So let's all let's be a little bit relative on that that bottom spot for, for last year in a season that didn't really finish. Now, I, we, we are in the Ray Bear Memorial Studio. To, <laughs> Memorial? To, to take Did he on die? The, no, he didn't. But to take on the great man's spirit, Ben, they finished bottom. So you can't argue with that. And I know Ray would say that to you right now in his little croaky voice. We might need to get Ray on for the Roeville one. Yeah, anyway, I reckon. Anyway, Noble Park, they're the other side. I think they'll make finals. They finished second last year, 8-2. A bit of a, resurg- a resurgence after mighty Mick Fogarty um, was um, pushed out the door. No, they, they was obviously... No, 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 I'm kidding there. But mighty Mick obviously came to the end of his tenure and Steve Hughes came in. They finished second. Um, a bit more of a defensive outfit. Percentage was 123, conceded 628, um, and 773 was four. Ziggy Orwin was the leading goal kicker with 11, and I know they've gone out and addressed that. Key players, Cole Martin, Jackson Sketcher, Ryan Morrison, Liam Scott, Thomas Glenn. Um, pretty household names. Definitely the first three are they're in. So these are the interesting ones. Jack Beach has come from Knox. So um, Ruckman add a bit more height, which will allow some of their players that were pinch hitting in the ruck to either play down back or up forward. Jack Francis comes from Chelsea. Shane Allen will bring goals from Edith Vale, Aspendale. Matthew Clark will also do the same. He's a crafty half-forward midfielder from Officer in the Outer East. Uh, Christopher Horton-Milne from Dingley has won league medals in the Southern. Aidan Farr from Knox and Jackson Voss from Bo Morris. And then they're outs. There's a few not longer, uh, a longer list sorry, here, but not as many big names. Omar Ashkar from, is going to Daleston with Musa Amin. Cosimo Agonostu is going to Kui Rupp. Jordan Andrews has gone to Old Halebury. Uh, Antonio Gonzalez has gone to Dandenong. N- uh, Nathan Oakes has gone to Bowen. Mitchell Anderson to Endeavour Hills. Brenton Wells, who won the reserves, uh, League Best and Ferris, has gone to Pakenham. John Neal has gone to Berwick, where we spoke about him in the Berwick section. Jack Murray to Dalston as well. Benjamin Merkel uh, is gone to Mulgrave. Zach Roscoe to Cranbourne. And Samir Kazakh. Kazi's Adda has gone to Dalston as well. So Dalston uh, uh, come up pretty frequently on all the podcasts, Josh. But, look, a lot of turnover at Pat Wright Senior Oval yeah. this year. Um, you know, Roscoe, uh, Brendan Wells, obviously a consistent player in the reserves and adds a lot of depth. Oaks, um, uh, Agnaganostu, is a, I've pronounced that wrong, um, has been a, a contributor across the years. But their ins, I think, outweigh it, especially Horton Milne comes with big raps. Jack Beach adds um, a bit of... Variety and, and a bit more flexibility, and I know Matthew Clark is a is a star when he gets going. So I'm really excited about Noble Park. And I who think did Horton Mill play for? Dingley, before Dingley. Dingley. Oh, before Dingley, I don't know. Josh is our resident Christopher Horton Mill expert. I think he might have played for Noble Park before. Dingley, yeah, okay. he, I'm he sure might. he did. Yeah, I did see that he in the article that announced he had he had come back. He had come back to Noble Park. Yeah, so right. Shane yeah, Allen's right. in that same boat. Shane Allen as well. Too, but Anyway, on to Noble Park. Goals yeah. were their issue last year, weren't they, Josh? Yeah. Um, and have they filled the void? I think Shane Allen can fill that void. He hasn't... Uh, he kicked 400-odd in 190-odd games as well during his, during his fairly long stint at Noble Park, but he hasn't been able to reach those heights since he left. Um, the well, how old is he? Oh, he's he's closer on. to 40 well. than 30. He's getting on. Yeah, closer to 40 he, than 30. Yeah, he's kicked... 40, he kicked 43 goals in 31 games for Pasco Vale in the EDFL when he spent his season there and Ed, Edith Vale Aspendale when he spent a couple of seasons there. But I'm more excited about Christopher Horton Milne. That is a massive signing. It's an impressive resume. He's a best. He won the best and fairest last year in the in the Southern Footy League. Uh, four, I think he's been in the team of the year in Division One ever ever since he joined. Ever since he joined the Dingoes, he's been he's won three premierships and he's won two best on grounds in those Division One premierships too. And he's a two time he's a two time club best and fairest winner. Played eighty eight games, fifty three goals, named in their best fifty two times as well. So 
it, it was already an extraordinary midfield with Martin and Jackson Sketcher. They're, they're, ter- they're two terrific midfielders, but I think it's definitely the strongest midfield in the Eastern. Yeah, could could the, the recruiting we, we spoke about their age obviously of Shane Allen, but I know Matthew Clark. It'd, it'd be you know late twenties. Beach would be a similar situation. Uh, not exactly Sean Horton Mill, but if he's had that such a story career, you'd say he's at least mid twenties. Yeah, they're clearly aiming to go now. Ryan, like now is their time. You know, Vermont seemed to have fallen off a little bit from, you know, when before the pandemic they looked like they were never going to lose a game again. Obviously, we've spoken about Blackburn maybe dropping away a bit. It seems open and no Park are going to try and take this opportunity while they've got Kyle Martin and Jackson Sketcher. Well, I think you're right. It's a perfect time to have have a go at it right now. And um, obviously that midfield, Sketcher, Martin, Morrison, uh, all three were top three in the disposals. Martin Sketcher were top two well, in Mor- clearances. Morrison, uh, Morrison defender, sorry, but yeah, uh, I agree with Martin Sketcher, obviously. Yeah, uh, Martin Sketcher were top two in clearances inside 50. So clearly they're getting the ball inside inside 50 enough. And I thought we the question was earlier in the year was, uh, sorry, earlier last year was, can they win it without a, without a key forward? And they've sort of built around it anyway. They, they were able to, uh, I spoke to um, uh, Adam Parker, Vermont coach, and he said that he was really impressed with the way that they were able to build a structure around that without having that up forward and clearly their defensive setup is just really strong and they uh, didn't, didn't uh, besides that game against Baldwin, didn't allow anyone to kick more than 11 goals against them. So if you've been able to do that in Premier Division, you've got a structure that's that's built really well and I, I've got them up there in the top top four and um, if they are going for a Premiership, I think this year could be, could be the one. If they're playing finals, Ben... Do you still you need a key forward come finals, don't you? Because I, I, I believe I think, so. I think you can get through home and away, you know, managing goals from your midfield and so on. But I think at any in any level from the top of the AFL down to the Division Four of the Eastern Football Nepal League, a key forward come finals um, can change games. So looking at that, do you think Noel Park have addressed that? Do, does a Jack Beach allow someone to roll forward like a Jake Gaines, or or do they maybe are they relying on the old firm of Orwin and Allen to to bob up? Well, they've clearly brought Alan back in for a reason, and uh, I believe that they feel that there is that that probably worrying little hole of uh, needing to find goals potentially when you can't find them. Um, if there's one question mark over them, it is that factor that they don't have that that real big key focal point up there. But look, they they managed to find the big sticks last year in in the in the half the season that they played, and I think a little bit like Baldwin will be absolutely spewing that the season got cut short on them last year because they were absolutely flying along. Also, the Bulls, what's been their strong point for a very long time is their depth, a very strong uh, reserve side and and up and coming under nineteen side, which has always kept the pressure on uh, in the senior side and things don't change down there at the bull ring and they will play finals um i look forward to watching them play as well because they play an exciting brand and that that midfield that we talk about is is pure class and from that you're going to find goals anyway but if they just yeah if they can find if someone's going to put their hand up this year and kick a, and be that focal point and be that 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 main target up forward, then they're going to take a lot of stopping, Noble Park. Matthew Clark's one I, I've watched at Officer. He's not he's not the height of a key forward, but he has that sort of um, ability. You know, he can take a grab, he can kick miracle goals. Um, I'm really excited to see how he goes. It's a big step up playing, you know, Officer have obviously played against the likes of Berwick and Beaconsfield before, but <laughs> when you've gone from being the scrappy underdogs and then moving to the Outer East where you're the, probably one of the big dogs in their second division to then jump up and play for Noble Park. I have no qualms that he's at the level, but whether he can produce that at this level. I'll be excited to see um, how he goes. Are there any other players that have caught your eye, Josh, on this Noble Park list before we make our final predictions for this podcast? Yeah, Jack Beach, Shane Allen, Chris Hall and Milner, the three main ones. Jackson Voss, well, he comes across from the FAFA as well. Bo Morris, who played Premier B division there as well. I think he's also on Frankston's VFL list. So he, if he doesn't play for Frankston or if they have a buy, he could potentially be a handy inclusion. But yeah, the, the three, Beach, Allen and Horn Mill, they're, the they're the three ones I'm excited by the most. So Noble Park's opening month, they have at home, uh, they play Roville away, sorry, in a bit of a local derby. They then have Berwick at home on Anzac Day Eve. And then they play Vermont at home and Norwood away. So after four rounds, we'll, we'll know a lot more about Noble Park and where they sit. If they're four and zero, they're running they're running in as probably Premiership favourites at that stage. But they could easily be two and two, and, and we'd still have no qualms about them, but still have some questions. Uh, final prediction before we go. So Noble Park, I've got them second. 
um, just behind ball. And um, you know, I, I think you know, I, I think the main question is, can they kick enough goals? And I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Noble finished the year on top, and then the finals maybe were a bit of a fall down because I still think you need. Uh, obviously, there's time for them to develop that key forward, but I think you really you need a key forward come the finals and Bowen have got those players and Noble Park don't. Ryan, what about you? Well, yeah, you might be right and Bowen were the side that, that maybe found them out last year so maybe that's something they thought about in the off-season. I've got them second as well and um, you just talk about those first four. I've got them winning all four so I've got them off to a good start and I, I think there's... I, I don't see any way they, they don't play finals this year. I think it's uh, perfect timing for them. Josh? I've got them premiers. I've got them finishing top. There I think, you go. I think... Their midfield depth is extraordinary. The the key for having not having a major a main or couple of key forwards like Ball and that might come to hurt them come finals. But I think they've got such depth in defence in midfield. They've they've got Shane Allen back and Matthew Clark. I, I'm now I can't wait to see him after you've hyped him up a little bit, Matt. But um, yeah, I think they're just I think they're just too strong in most areas of the park in pretty much all I reckon. And I think. Yeah, they'll be premiers this year. Ben? They'll finish top but won't make the grand final. Oh, there you go. So, interesting. You do love adding that extra layer, which we <laughs> enjoy. Um, okay, so Ben and Ryan are going to be joining us for part two, which will come out later in the week. And so, brash. And brash. So I'm not going to let make you guys do your full ladders and so on on your wooden spoon, although... Ben and I have already done ours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Josh, you've been uh, ever present across these season preview podcasts. Give us your ladder prediction for Premier Division. So we know you've got Noel Park in first. Yep. Go through the rest of them. All right. So in second, I've got Vermont. They're ju- they're just they'll all, they're always going to be up there, and they're just too strong. Third, I've got Norwood. I think those incl- those inclusions they're they're terrific. They're terrific inclusions, and they've got the ta- they've got the talent still there, and they've retained most of their list. Baldwin, I think they've got a lot of talent too. South Croydon, I think they've brought in a couple of good players. A couple of players returning from VFL, including Braden Kilpatrick, which will be a massive inclusion. I feel Donny East in sixth. I think yeah, they're go- they're going to definitely improve, and I think they'll. I'm hoping they have their full strength side um, for most of the season, and they'll have the depth too. I'm going to stick with Doncaster Seventh. I think they've got the talent, and they might. They've lost a couple, and most some of them might play in in the VFL. But yeah, I think they've got the talent, and I think they'll still be up there. Blackburn in eighth. I think they're just going to. They're going to have an inconsistent season like they did last year. I think they'll have their struggles, and yeah, I think they'll finish around there. I've got Park Orchard's ninth now. It is it is interesting given this is their first ever season in Premier in Premier Division. But yeah, I think. They have they have such a talented side. They were dominant in in Division One for for last year and were up there in 2019 when Donny East won the Premiership. But yeah, I think they got enough talent to stick up there. Berwick, I've got them in tenth. They have the talent, but I think yeah, it might be a bit more of a struggle. They'll pull off a few surprises, and but yeah, I think it will be. I think yeah, like I said, it'll be more of a struggle. North Ringwood, I've got them eleventh. They they brought in a couple of good players, Jordan Trelaw, Jake Gasper, if he can get onto the park a bit too. Th- those are two handy inclusions. And for the side that'll get relegated, my wooden spooners, I've got Roval because I think they've had a couple of they've had a couple of losses this off season. It's a it's a young side again. I think Lockie Wind as well. He's on Box Hill Hawks VFL list. That's a massive loss if he plays most weeks for the Hawks. And I think yeah, I think they'll struggle. And I, I think. They'll sadly take the drop this year. Well, interesting. Mm. Lucky Ray Baird isn't here. <laughs> at his neck. Uh, thank you very much, gentlemen. Once again, the time's flying by. Uh, on the Premier Division Part 1 EFNL Podcast Presents Season Preview. Ben, Ryan, we'll see you uh, next time. Josh, thanks for all your work over the course of these uh, podcasts this year. And uh, look forward to seeing you throughout the year. Been a pleasure, mate. Wignall got it. Can he get a handle away? He's going to burst away. He's going to run to 50. Low ball to the top of the goal square. McCormack! Oh, no. He's put it in! Oh, He's no. put it in! Oh, Wignall. He got through the Acosta Harvey tackle. Oh, no. Took a few paces and then speared it to low to McCormack. He's been good all day, Billy. He started the day with an almost hanger. He can kicked make the, kicked can... the check side for right in front of us. Billy. He, can make a, he can make a name for himself. Billy, don't be a hero. Oh, I think they want him to be one now, Brad. 15 metres out. Billy McCormack's kicked it!